Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun's first ever general election podcast. I'm Chris Musson, Home Affairs Editor, and with me is my esteemed colleague, political editor and author, yeah. best-selling author in Eastern Europe. Award-winning. Mm-hmm. Andrew Nicholl. So the idea of this is to kind of take a lighter take on the election race and Scottish politics, speaking to key figures from the main parties. So with that lighter take in mind, what better way to start than with the SNP's notoriously furious Pete Wishart. Furious, yeah. I don't know whether I'm the experiment or the guinea pig with this exercise for the sun, but <laughs> sit here with two distinguished gentlemen and denizens of the press. I look forward to this with great trepidation. You have this reputation, I say furious because you have this reputation of being a sort of angry man on Twitter. God knows where that comes from. I, I, from never, ever, I never actually get that at all, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I always think of myself, you know, like a, amusing, you know, like informative, keeping people up to date. You know, like I'm from the world of entertainment. I mean, I was played in the biggest rock and roll band in Scotland we were running for 15 years and when I come into politics I'd like to think that you know we do things a bit differently entertain people sometimes you tell a few jokes sometimes these jokes don't particularly work out quite well but I think it's great yeah what was that one the other week what was the one that caused (laughs) particular controversy where you listed the candidates I really really found that one quite amusing because all I actually did with that one was share a tweet which I found quite amusing about a chewing the fat sketch and all of a sudden it was total Armageddon when I put it, even though it had been recirculated about a hundred times before that. Is there, is there nobody from the press department of the SNP ever tries to take your phone off? <laughs> I, mean, I, I think, I mean, this is what, I mean, don't try and stop us doing this, you know, like, it provides you guys with a great insight <laughs> about where we are, what we're saying, what we're doing. I could make hundreds of speeches in the House of Commons I play in a political satire programme with a band. The only thing that seems to be of great interest is a, f- a couple of jokes that might go wrong on Twitter, which seems to be very curious about how we're actually reported nowadays. Oh, grist to the mill. We've got a lot of column inches to fill and an Indeed. infinite amount of space yeah, online, yeah, as you know. Absolutely. But, um, so are you in a band then, Pete? I am, yes, mm. believe it or not. I don't know if I mentioned that twice so far. Did I tell you I was in a band too? Like, uh, maybe, you yeah. know, you maybe talk about that. Quite the biggest, yeah. biggest lot of band in Scotland. Well, that doesn't include the basic rules. Exactly. Also. We might get onto that. We'll see. So, Pete, as everyone probably knows, is the candidate for the SNP for Perth and North Perthshire. We can't call him an MP anymore. You can if you want. Indeed, you might. I just can't call myself that. Yeah, well, we won't. Sorry. Okay. If you look at the bookies' odds, you might not be an MP again. Oh, no. Not this time around. All right, okay. You're facing it. I mean, you've got 10,000 majority, haven't you? Yes. You're facing a uh, tougher test this time around than you were. Yeah. Well, well than 2015, aren't you? Well, I'm, I'm disappointed with my friends, the bookies. I, I thought I was still ahead with most of them. Is that what I'm suggesting? Uh, the ones I checked last night, you were five to six joint favourite right. with... Say his name. All I know is it's a two-horse race, and I'm one of the horses. Yeah. Know, so what's the other one called? 
Matt Tory. <laughs> <laughs> say his name, go on. I mean, Ian's a lovely guy, if that's what you're I tried to get me to say it. Ian I've met, met him on several occasions. Say I didn't know much words. about him until he came to the constituency. But, you know, as usual, I've got on perfectly well with all my political opponents and it's been fine. If you uh, crossed paths when you, you'd been out? Yeah, I mean, it's a large constituency geographically, but it's quite small in the places that we actually get to congregate in Persia. So we're all down in the high street every Saturday morning. And yeah. you come along and have a look. You'd particularly enjoy it, I think, Andy. It's, uh, one, there's the, the little circle, the little thing in Perth. One side's the Conservatives, the other side is us. I'm off there. And, you know, we, we look at each other, we see who's getting the most attention in business. So we come across each other quite a lot when <clears> you're doing these sort of things. And I bet you both get a great response on the doorstep. Great response on the doorstep. Fantastic, <laughs> encouraging meeting uh, members of the public who are all full of praise for all of us and what we're doing. That was one of the questions for later on, the old great response on the doorsteps, <laughs> but come on, you don't get a great response on the doorsteps, not every doorstep. What we tend to do is, like, we, we've worked our constituency so often, we know where our support is, so what you do is you tend to go to the areas that you support and try and encourage them to come out and vote for you. Right. Occasionally you may venture into territory, which is what we would put down as a bit more challenging, <laughs> and there some of the responses might be a bit more mixed, and there has been a few more slamming of the doors in the face in the course of the selection. So when we see this on Twitter, <clears throat> constantly, so great response on the doorsteps, it means great response from people who already yes. know already like well, us. That, that's how it sort of works. They go to their areas of support, we go to our areas of support. But everyone's at it. Yeah, so you, you try <laughs> to get out, you try to get your vote out, which is basically, especially in a short campaign, you're not going to do any more than that, you know, you might try and do a bit of conversion work with people yeah. you don't know about and go into areas that, you know, like might not be as receptive. But the whole intention and idea is, you know, you, you get your vote out and that's, yeah. that's what it's all about, particularly in short campaigns like this. What is the worst thing that's ever been said to you on a doorstep. I remember two years ago I was particularly confident so um, of winning and I thought I was going to be on it, which I was, and so it was actually quite a comfortable campaign. And I think I went to probably how would I describe it, it the, the poshest area in the whole of my constituency thinking I might be able to harvest a few votes for it given the mood you, was particularly... You had a swagger. Yes, and I was wandering yeah. up. And I remember I went to this huge house at the top end of Schoon and um, there was nobody at the door, but I could see they were out having the barbecue, so I went round the back and I just happened to mention to this guy, as Pete Wisher, um, you know, SNP candidate, I'm hoping I might be able to get your, your, your support. And he turned around and says, says to me, like, I don't know how long it takes you to get from this spot to the gate, but it takes my dog five <laughs> seconds. I'm going to give you a bit of a start. <laughs> and that was uh, possibly the worst <clears throat> moment I ever had and when I was campaigning and canvassing in my was constituency. This, was this a sort of ermine-clad... <laughs> chap or was it just a um, I just I think it was just somebody who was, wasn't particularly well disposed to the Scottish National Party you know I mean I didn't notice an ermine cape but there might have been one hanging around in, the, <laughs> in one of the yeah, coat hangers yeah so Nicola Sturgeon the First Minister she's already been out with you twice hasn't she yeah twice during the campaign which sort of is a signal that Things are not what they might be. Is that how you guys look at that? How well, cynical. Yeah. <laughs> you know? How do you look at I, it? I just look at the First Minister helping one of our friends and candidates and colleagues, you know, and <laughs> wanting to add a bit of support and speak to the good people of Blair Gowrie in Perth. I mean, I don't know how you could cynically sort of suggest <coughs> that cynically, this might it be. It looks like a desperate weird round action. <laughs> I've been very grateful for the attention and support of uh, my esteemed colleague, 
her first ministerness, and we've had a great <laughs> response every time we've taken her out. We had her in Blair Gowrie on Monday, and it was it was really really good. Oh, yeah. a great response! So you've only shown her to your mates, then? Well, that... what, what, yeah. what I might do, she comes back, I'll take her to that house and schoon see with her, her friend with the dog, heels on. and then we could see her. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put the heels on too and see if I can actually beat her to the gate. <laughs> it was like Theresa May a couple of weeks ago in Aberdeenshire, where she was getting Told the ball up on did anyone say anything rude to the first minister? No, no. It was, we were all out, and it was it was actually very positive. And I think I think small communities like Blair Gowrie enjoy these type of visits because you mm. know, it's not something that they get very often. But three people turned up with little paper union jacks, and um, were right. insisting on a word with the first minister. And because there were just so many people there, and you know, like you're, you're very good at making sure that signs are in place in the right way for TV cameras. Your elbows stuff, are up. They, they were they were uh, very quickly dispatched and didn't bother coming back again. And that was about it. They're always very <coughs> grateful to see your friends. From what, what prison are they in now? They've got trials to go and everything. You know, like this, 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 is, this is SNP justice. We're SNP talking about kangaroo here. court, <laughs> imminently. We're going to give you thirty seconds to sell yourself. Whereby, you know, you're going to launch into your pitch anyway at some point. So you see, you know, this we might to do this. Thirty yeah. seconds. Then we're going to give you a list of. Band phrases which you've oh. crammed into this that you can't use for 10 minutes. All right, I'll, I'll, so I'm going to say 30 seconds about why you should vote for 30 like, seconds. Have you, about, have why, you, why you have I got to imagine that you're mem- members of public in Perth and North Persia? Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I've got my hand on the dog's collar right now. <laughs> well, I'm Pete Wisher. I've been the Member of Parliament for Persia for the past 16 years. I think such as my service to this community that most people all know somebody that I've assisted in the course of these past years. I'm Scotland's most senior parliamentarian, the first ever SNP member of parliament to chair the Scottish Affairs Committee. I'm their shadow leader of the House. There's nothing about parliament that I don't know and, and can make that work for you. My commitment is total and absolute to the people I serve and I want to try and make sure that Perth and North Persia remains a fantastic place to live in. Time up. It's well, pretty good, that, isn't it? Were you looking at the clock? No, I wasn't actually. I was pretty good. Is I that what you've done this before? Because <laughs> when, when is that what you do when you t- when you go to a door? Is that your typical pitch? Then? No, I mean, when I go to, I try to make it as light as possible. I ask people what they're thinking. You know, like, is there anything we can help you with? I'm Pete Wisher. I mean, where are you in terms of you? Th- hope we're going to get your support. And you just try to tease out conversations. And when I see people go to doors with preloaded questions and clipboards you know they're not going to have a particularly great experience here and I think the whole objective particularly if you're the candidate is to try and instill a conversation and have a two way sort of talk about some of the issues that are important to them so that's the way I try and approach these issues. Are you given lines to repeat on the doorstep no, by Party HQ? Definitely not. I mean what I'll do with my team is you know like if they're good out of an evening is we'll talk about what we think where we are in the campaign, we'll talk about some of the things that might emerge and be discussed and talked about and I might suggest a few things that they might want to do to try and, you know, like if there's particularly somebody who's got concerns about us and what we're doing, just what they might do. But what is it you're selling from an SNP point of view? Because we've seen it in, well, I suppose we're going to see it in the SNP manifesto, we've certainly seen it in the Tory manifesto. It's packed with devolved issues. Yeah. They've got nothing to do with you, yeah. nothing to do with the Tory candidates who are standing. So you're now going to sell them something that's either devolved issues that have nothing to do with you or. Westminster issues that you can never possibly enforce because the very <laughs> top score you can get is 59 out of 650 MPs. Well, I think primarily what I talk about is, is my record and what I've done for this community, so we try and do that. But you're absolutely right. I, mean, I actually think I'm fighting against the Ruth Davidson doesn't want a second independence referendum party. Mm. And that's the, the thing that's been put through the door ad nauseum from my political opponents. So I've got to try and get underneath all that, you know, like in the way that you disarm some of these things is to sort of say... 
well, you know, they've already ruled it out. They're, they're campaigning on something. They've already told Scotland they can't get, arrogantly told them they can't get. You know, like Theresa May says, now is not the time, and she's putting that time back and back again. So then you try to get on to what it's all about, which is the, this Conservative government's record and what they're proposing as an agenda. And that's how you try and shape the conversation and debate around. Now, sometimes that's hard because, you know, such as the no second independence referendum message that we put through doors in my constituency non-stop that, you know, like it's, it takes a bit of work to get around and discuss the real issues. All parties appear to have sort of given up distinguishing between Westminster policy and uh, Hollywood policy, though, and are just throwing it all in as one. I think people are just confused. This is adding to that. Do you think that's a deliberate tactic to confuse? I wouldn't suggest that that's the case, but I think that confusion serves certain political parties more than others. And that's all I'd, I'd leave it at that. I think that the way that all the different items and agendas have been thrown together in such a haphazard way is making people quite confused. I mean, you meet people on the doorstep, for example, who say, listen, Mr. Bishop, I, I voted for independence, I voted to leave the European Union, I like the leadership of people like Nigel Farage, but I'm still thinking about voting for you. You know, like, so you get four different positions at once coming to you and you're wondering how to make sense of all of that, you know, so I think there is real sense of confusion out there and the way that these things have been flung around and left hanging in the air is quite hard for people to pluck them out and make any sort of sense of some of this. Do you regret the fact that the SNP put the double lock on independence, that it would have to be you know, a win and then a referendum instead of just, as Mrs Thatcher said, if you get a majority of seats, that's it, it's yours. In the days when such a thing appeared impossible. No, I, I mean, I think that we, we always have to have the consent to the people for such huge constitutional change like, like Scotland becoming an independent country, so it's always right that we ask the people to back that. But isn't it curious, you know, I mean, I, I, I was growing up in the 1970s, 1980s, and, and that was the pitch of the Conservatives, wasn't it? You know, like, all, the, all we needed and required was to have the, the SNP to have the majority of members of Parliament from Scotland, and we could declare independence. You're not hearing very many of them sort of say or suggest that is a means forward now. So this is all getting very serious. Yes. Very heavy. I thought it was supposed to be a... Yeah. I know, this, I'm I'm invite the son to the office for and a light the hearted... editor turns up and starts asking mm. you serious questions about the politics. politics. <clears throat> <God>. <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honouring highly requested new colours for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, so anyway, so we have a feature, which is going to be a running feature during these, uh, this series of podcasts while it lasts, which is um, hastily titled Chancer of the Exchequer. All right, okay. It is a, a twist on the old chestnut of uh, how much is a pint of milk. All right. 
Um, oh God, don't, seriously, you're not going to do this, are you? Absolutely. Oh, for you, Pete, it's just, it's just to, to kind of establish whether you are actually a man of the people. I'm not a man of the people at all. <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm a former musician and poet. I know I did the honesty of job of my life. says political candidate. Yes. That's, that's yeah, another yeah, person. There you go. <laughs> nice one. You, have you been in uh, the Capital Asset Pub in Perth? Uh, yes. Yeah. Wetherspoons. Yes. Spoons one. Right, okay. Oh, well. Well, you'll know the prices of the five things that we're about to list oh to you. God. You're going to give us your answers based on the five items, and then we're going to calculate how many percent you are from the target, and then we're going if to if I see rank a, you against your opponents if, right at the end of the If I see a pay with my Apple Watch, would that make it even worse? Yes. Yeah, because I did. I noticed that on the website yesterday. <laughs> when I was trying to find prices. Man, so the people actually, that I am. So this is what you get when you invite the son into your office. They, they actually did research by going down to Witherspoons and checking the price I didn't of have these time items. To, well, well, what I thought was that the, all, all Witherspoons pubs have slightly different prices or depend on the region, so the best thing I could do was to phone the press office well, and get them to give me them. Anyway, uh, oh, I yeah, saw oh, the answers. He was going on board, Julian. He was telling these answers. No, I think he might have seen one of the, um, <laughs> one of the other ones for the other leaders. Yeah. Anyway, right, so... In the, just picture Nobody yourself. Nobody cares off about that picture one. Picture yourself in the capital asset. There are kind of customers coming up to you, slapping you on the back, going, "Pete, <laughs> Pete, you're that guy from MP4, that from the telly, from the SNP. Oh, great to meet you. Can I buy you uh, an all-day brunch?" An all-day brunch. You say an all-day brunch. You're going to spend how much on this? Four pound twenty-five. Good guess. Four pound twenty-five. Well. Not a bad guess, but it's six pound fifteen. Jeez, I quit the prices up since I had my last brunch. So you're thirty-one percent off yeah, now. Okay. Another punter comes up to you and offers to buy you a mixed grill, which comes with a drink. Wow, what type? What type of drink? Uh, Alcoholic flavour. Comes with an alcohol. Uh, one of the standard. You know, you get a cheap pint of okay. lager, or you get a big glass of. I'll settle for that. But how much? I would say eleven pounds eighty-five. Overcompensating now. Absolutely, pretty good. Ten pound fifteen. Nice. More reflection on Weatherspoon's great cheap prices. <laughs> Pint of tenants. Pint of tenants would be three eighty five. Oh, you drinking some? It's just a London prices. Prices. London prices. That's prices. right. Yeah, London prices on the taxpayer. <laughs> <laughs> the um, right. Okay. Well, what's next? So we've had a pint of tenants. Which she said three eighty five. Wow, two twenty nine. It is. Is that all it is? Yeah. I'm definitely going back there. We're well, moving on here. This is, this is the time I'm going to tell you out because you've had a, a drink with a mixed girl. You've got a pint of tents, and now you're moving on to. Oh, now you're moving on to a porn star martini. All oh, right. So, I think you know, just to be absolutely fair, we're going to tell you what's in it, unless you can tell us what's in it. Porn star martini. Well, martini is a bit of a dead giveaway. Gin? No. Um, there'll be something pinky purple there. It has to be to. Yeah. yeah. Would give, that would be blackcurrant? <clears throat> no. All right, that's my um, best shot. Passion fruit, obviously. Passion, yeah, gosh, yeah, yeah. Absolute vanilla, mango, orange and lime. Sounds horrendous. Sounds good, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is what they're serving the the sun's you know night out. Absolutely, that's what we have at lunchtime every day. What the uh, so how much you one of those? I would say eight fifty. Whoa, no chance. Four pound sixty. Never. A whopping 85% off that, you know. It's a good advert for Wetherspoons, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Just, just to say to everybody, there are other pubs available in Perth which serve also delicious and nutritious meals and beverages. <laughs> and finally, a Glenfiddich, 25 milliliters, including a mixer. I, thought, I, I, think, I don't you? think you'd pay any more. 385. 275. Yeah. 
What a brilliant advert from Witherspoons. It wasn't my intention. But there you go. So that was 40% off. So you are on average 48% off. Oh, no. Yeah. Up or down? Well, on average 48% off. I, 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 I made a spreadsheet where it cancelled out the positives and negatives by squaring <laughs> and then square rooting. Obviously. Obviously. It's the preparation that goes into these podcasts is incredible. Yeah. You can't do long division, though. Great for spreadsheets. Mm. Rubbish of long division. Quite. We test each other every morning. <laughs> Mental gymnastics. Brilliant. Well, well, we were going to do about some band quotes. Okay. But we forgot. All right. Guess the band quotes. It's a new game because we've got quotes. There's that quotes that you should, this you is, should not to use. Well, really. yeah, this is all the, the what, what are the most what are the most hackneyed things that you're told to say during the SM? Well, not told to say because of course you're not told to say <coughs> stuff, are you? By no means a, a marionette. Yeah, well, there's things that you're told to say. We're all stronger for Scotland. Oh, oh there it is. Is that there? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Strong voices for Scotland. Strong voices. Because you've slightly, slightly tailored it because you don't want us to look like you. Local just... champions. No. Oh no. We've used that one before. Your your um, local hard-working MP. Have you a local? Local. Local's a key word. Think national. Things. Think national. Um, strong, strong and stable, which we would never go near. Which is. Um, <laughs> yeah. No second independence referendum. No second independence referendum. That's definitely one of your uh, flagship <laughs> pledges. <laughs> Let's see what else. Um, Nicola Sturgeon offers fantastic leadership for the people of Scotland. <laughs> you after a job yeah. after you uh, lose your seat it's, it's, um, <laughs> in, the, in the leader's office. What will you do, actually? The other ones we've got are extreme Tory hard Brexit. Oh, and, right, yeah, yeah. and Tory austerity. That's all uh, negative messages. See, I don't use them. Uh, that stuff you the never person. mention the Tories. No, never. Never. Yeah. Obviously, Ian Duncan will be fine if he doesn't go in because he can just go to the House of Lords. But what are you going to do? Well, he's an MEP. He's never. He's never oh, that's, a, yeah. that's not exactly a long term career. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. You're, You're not a fan of the Lords, are you? No. That'd be a great story, wouldn't it? Pete Wishart takes us in. I think, you know, like 16 years in the House of Commons, Scotland's longest serving parliamentarian. What was it in you the House of Commons? As the SNP's most senior. I'm the feather of the goose. Because yeah. I, I am. There's only four of us who were elected in 2001. That was myself, Robbo, Alistair Carmichael, and Mike Weir. So, but I oh, say, yeah, yeah. And, and right. Scott, I'm the, there's a the father of the house. I'm the father of the very house. Very carefully worded. And I, and I signed in first. So I beat, I beat Robbo and I beat the rest of them to sign the book. So um, that's I, so Scotland's most senior parliamentarian. That's based MP. on you. It's, Oh, sorry, yeah. MP, yeah, of yes. course, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, Alex Salmon doesn't like that, of course, because of, he's been in the House of Commons a lot longer yeah, than I have. Unbroken service. It's unbroken service, yeah. see? So he was out for those uh, critical five years, which allows me to Absolutely. claim that title. I think it's quite a good one. I mean, I'm only 35 and I'm the fear of the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind if we asked you about your music and your band? <laughs> if you must... Did I tell you that I, I played the band for a number of years? <laughs> if you really, really must, you know, like forensically grill me about my music, we'll just see if we could so maybe just about answer. MP for Ian Corsi, is it Corsi? Yep. Greg Knight, Kevin Brennan, they're all Labour, aren't they? Well, Greg's a Tory. Oh, Greg's a Tory? Yeah. Oh, my and he's, he's not just that? any ordinary one, he was Deputy Chief during the major era, and he oh, has right, hit the right honourable Sir Greg Knight, Member of Parliament, to give him his wow. full title. So, who, who seats are under threat? And what's well, Kev's under a bit of pressure. Yeah. He's Cardiff West and um, the Tories are doing quite well and he's a bit concerned about the, the Tory surge there. So him and I are 
are both facing challenges this right, time right. Okay. And what, so what's going to happen? What's going to happen to the band? Well, hopefully um, we'll all be successful. I, mean, I don't think Greg Knight's got much to worry about. He's, he's an easy poshish Yorkshire with a eighteen thousand majority over uh, the Labour Party, and um, so like I think we could safely assume that he will be returned. Even as a solo yeah. performer. Yeah, I mean, the, right. the worry I've got if, if Kevin and I lose, and, and the people of Britain have got to really seriously consider this, is that MP4 might just be one long drum solo, and he's not very good at drum solos. <laughs> you need you need us there. There you go. You've been doing Matt Ford's show yeah. um, every every week. So how's that? Me, had Tony Blair on, didn't he? You did, yeah, yeah, yeah. You managed to. You might. I did. I saw it. So I saw you managed to restrain yourself. <laughs> I saw you were sort of smiling politely, just like you're doing now. <laughs> it's, it was really quite funny because notoriously the, the relationship with Tony Blair and the Scottish National Party members of Parliament was, was never of the cordial variety. Yeah. It was the, it's the most delicate way to put it, but it was actually very nice to me that evening, you know, and there was a couple of comments that he made about me which weren't in the show, you know. I said, oh, Pete won't like this, Pete won't like this, and I thought, I hope they'll include this, but they didn't because they oh, did edited it down. down, yes. But, um, I mean, you weren't tempted to perform a citizen's arrest and drag him off to the Hague. No, I, I managed to restrain myself for that in, in respect to the, the show and the fact that he appeared. And I think it was our, our, our ratings went through the roof that night because it was Tony Blair and people wanted to hear him. Yeah, Matt Ford's a massive fanboy of Blair, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. He's like he's pretty much his biggest fan. I first met Matt, of course, um, I was in question time and Matt was on with me, and that was the evening at Ken Livingston talked about his love of London oh, bombers and, no that wasn't the Hitler one it was and so I mean I, I got to know Matt following that and we talked about you know like perhaps doing the show and us being the house band and things and, mm-hmm. and Matt's very well because he's a former special advisor for Labour parties mm-hmm. he's pretty well connected with you know all the insiders particularly the Blairite insiders and it's been it's good because you know in UK because he occupies that territory he's able to get sort of support and Interest from conservatives as well as from the Labour Party, so it yeah. works quite well. Oh, indeed, and he's very funny. He's, he's funnier than Andy Nichols sometimes, but that's impossible. I mean, we need to ask you a question about Runrig, obviously. All oh, right, yeah, that that was, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it was actually. I'm trying to remember, yeah, it was Run Runrig, definitely. So, because uh, I was, I was trying to drag up things from your past and you know raking through your dustbins and stuff yesterday and managed to find absolutely nothing you were you were you were famously the first MP to have appeared on top of the pops I was yes what year was this I was on four times four times yeah. all in the same year no I think my first appearance was 1991 then right up to 1997 <laughs> four four appearances that we had you know for, for, for running we, we got on top of the pops because we always just got into the top 40 uh, right and it was like it was always num- number thirty-five or thirty-six, which just a, just always qualified you for an appearance as a new entry. Then we'd be out of the charts the next week, so I always felt that we were in this had a single out. So, you know, like number thirty-six was reserved for a run rig, and because we yeah. just creeped into the charts, we got into top of the pops. And I remember all the record company being very excited about the fact that we were going to be on top of the pops. We're, you know, grumpy, you know. Here he Highlanders, you know, playing our, our jock rock music. It wasn't really a, something that really featured that highly in the things that we were really um, looking looking to do. So it, was, it always felt more of a chore for us yeah. to go down and do that. You must have had to sell quite a number of records to get to number 36. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean remember, we had big success here and throughout the United Kingdom, and we had two top five albums during that period, too, you know. 
one just just missed out being number one. And I remember it was hot chocolate and it was Mother's Day when it was released and we were midweek number one. And then it was Mother's Day and Sunday and everybody had gone out to buy this new hot chocolate album for their mums. So I've never liked hot chocolate since then. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, were you miming on top of the pops? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. On each and every occasion? Absolutely. There was, I think once there was a requirement for Donnie to sing. Right, yes. Live, but all the rest of it was it was background. SMP fraud. Yeah, yeah. You led the way, didn't you, in the uh, Tory election fraud stuff? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hypocrite. Yeah, but that was. I mean, I, I thought it was outrageous. outrageous. I have to say, you know, and um, I just thought, felt that, particularly with these this battle bus activity, and I asked Theresa May about that in PMQs, and she told me she couldn't answer because it was a party matter. I wrote to her as party leader yeah. and never got a response. You must be absolutely gutted the other week there when the CPS <laughs> said, you know, like, well, not bothered. You wanted these Tories behind bars, didn't mm-hmm. you? And, well, I was, I was never that, in, that interested in the individual Tory MPs, and I always assumed that they would be let off. My interest was who designed and organised this activity. Mm. I mean, either it was grossful negligence about understanding the electoral administration rules, or it was fraud. It, can't, it had to be one or other. You know, a party as well-resourced as the Conservative Party, the biggest political party in the United Kingdom, not understanding electoral administration? Come on. Well, the authorities have decided it was the former, haven't they, for now? Yeah. Anyway. I don't think this is all over, that has to be, has to be yeah. said. And when I'm successfully returned as a member for Perth and <laughs> Persia, no, and let's see if we could get some more life into this particular issue. There you go. You've had to go back to the Commons and you better down. Have you keep you busy. If you're, if you're tired, then you've got more time to like greening the letters. Yeah, well, quite. One of the other things I dredged up as well was that as an SNP sports spokesman in 2010, because you're was a St. Johnson fan, aren't you? You remember this? Was I the sports spokesperson? I've been <laughs> everything, I think. Remember, there was only six of us for years well, and maybe years. Maybe you were sacked after you said that you think ordinary football fans deserve this information to remove any doubt over the decisions being taken. What information were you saying? I've got absolutely no idea. God, this is outrageous. You just I can't even remember being sports you, you said, right, what, what you said was that referees should declare oh, yeah, their yeah. allegiance. I was put up to that. should be registered. It was the son oh, that put me up to that. Hold on. Pete Wishart is saying that basically he would say something if a media I was given Can you just say this thing? <laughs> You're not far off like brass eye, are you? Some journalist that said to me, Pete, you have to... And I can't, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't any nickel. No, it was really bizarre. It was on Sports Sounds with Chick, the Chick Young yeah. and all the other guys. Yeah, yeah. And they were giving me an absolute utter roasting for this. And it's the only time I've ever been in a, an interview where the producer says things in your ear. He says, you yeah. might want to say that. might say you know, and, and they were giving me pelters. So that was your. So that was that was my greatest moment. Your short tenure as yes, that sports. That's probably why I, was, <laughs> I can't remember the sports spokesperson for very long. So do you stand? Do you stand by that? Um, yes and no. Well, if we asked you to stand by it again, would you? Uh, if I phoned you up and said, Pete, this is a maybe. Really good story. Pete, can then. you say this? Because it's going to make it a really easy headline for us in the Monday story. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that is something that one would have to review and look at all the issues and the context and the environment <laughs> in which these comments were made. What a pro. <laughs> We've bledded on for like half an hour now, according to our technical genius, so let's call it quits. <laughs> Yeah, best of luck, Pete, well, and best of luck, Ian Duncan, um, yeah. in this... Uh, other candidates. Other and other candidates, yeah. and um, thanks to Weatherspoons. Vouchers are in the post. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be back with another politician from another party in the... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Coming days. Great. Thank you. Thanks very much, Pete. Thank you.